Hello and welcome to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. That's Joel Johnson. I'm John Stillman. Joel's a certified financial planner. He's the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. You've seen him on TV hosting Better Money on WFSB Channel 3 on the Saturday and Sunday morning news with Kara Sundlin. Better Money also airs on WCBV Channel 5 in Boston. He's written six of his own books, including most notably The Money Map. Joel, always a pleasure, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Looking forward to the show today. We've got some great things to talk about. We're going to give you uh, a couple opportunities here to uh, get a copy of my book. Come on in and get a copy of my book. And uh, it, we are living in interesting times. been saying that for about a year now, but I think uh, things are constantly changing, and they seem to be changing for the good right now. I've been traveling a lot and meeting a lot of folks from around the country, and everybody is... Um, very positive and expectant of good things in the near future. I have to say my confidence in you has been somewhat shaken because I've always looked at you as probably one of the most financially savvy people I know. And then I find out right before we're about to start the show here that you have money in your PayPal account that you can't, for the life of you, figure out how to get into your bank account. The only way you're going to be able to do anything with this money is to just pay somebody through PayPal because you have no way to get the money into your bank account. Yeah, yeah. the whole situation has been quite interesting. So I, I, had, I sold this car and I had an extra set of rims. So I, I go, well, I'm going to put these rims on eBay. And, uh, you know, my wife and I are kind of frugal. I probably should have just given the rims away with the car. But instead of doing that, I put them on eBay. My youngest boy tells me, you don't want to sell anything on eBay. They're going to take so much of the purchase price. So I'm like, well, you know, what, what does he know, right? What, what does the 21-year-old know about technology? I got sure. this. So, so I sell these rims so that it was $2,600 was the sales price. Somehow when eBay gets done, it gets down to twenty. I don't know, whatever sales tax, it was minus the sales tax, minus the eBay fee. Somehow then it's down to 2300 or something like that. And I cannot get it out of the PayPal account. I, I just, I keep depositing it into my bank. It says we're going to deposit it into your bank and it still sits there in the PayPal account. Now, I either continue to make those deposits into my bank and there's something broken in PayPal and they keep giving me the money. I doubt that is the case. Or, I need to purchase something with the money in the PayPal account because I cannot seem to get it out. Any ideas, John? Maybe we should open up the phone lines. If anybody has uh, $2,600 <laughs> of furniture, they would like to sell Joel. Well, no, now, now after the eBay fees and the PayPal fees, somehow it's down to 20. I seem to be losing about $100 a week. So it's probably, <laughs> you know, uh, it's probably about 2200 right now. You should just go completely off the grid, live off the land. Clearly, the uh, current economy technology is not, not for you. Um, but that actually flows well into what I wanted to talk about today. I didn't necessarily plan it that way, but uh, you not being able to get rid of this money in your PayPal account without spending it, that doesn't make sense. Well, we're going to talk about some financial things that don't make sense. And I'll throw in a few things that you know aren't necessarily financially related that also don't make sense. Uh, here's the thing, Joel, that doesn't make sense. Driving across town to save a few dollars on a small purchase. I know you've seen people that do that. I have. It reminds me actually of uh, back when CDs actually paid interest. Um, folks would drive around for a week visiting every single bank trying to figure out how to get an extra one-tenth of a percent interest uh, on an account. And the account would have to be pretty big before they made up for the gas money they spent. And 
Um, my father-in-law was uh, was pretty into you know finding the cheapest price, and he spent a lot of time not only driving across town but driving you know quite a ways. And I don't know if it paid off or not. Um, sometimes people like to you know find a bargain, and it's a way to occupy their time. But many times it does not make sense. And I guess the bottom line is how much is your time worth? You know, is your time worth seven dollars if you have to spend two? hours to save $7, you just made your time worth $3.50 an hour. So for most folks, it doesn't make any sense. But hey, if it's a huge savings, if you're buying a big ticket item, you know, like a car or something, and you can save a thousand bucks, that's a different story. All right. Here's another thing that doesn't make sense. Joel, uh, lemonade has imitation flavoring, but furniture polish has real lemon juice. Go figure. I don't even know what to say about that one. I had no idea. Yeah. And I'm, what I'm wondering, John, is what are you doing with your time to come up with these situations? Here? Suffice it to say, my time is not as valuable as yours. <laughs> I guess not. Um, another thing that doesn't make sense, having tax-free municipal bonds inside of an IRA. Yeah, that really doesn't make sense. And it's interesting. You can actually do that. Um, you know, Now, if you're working with a financial advisor, usually that's going to get caught by the firm if somebody tries to buy tax-free municipal bonds inside an IRA. Um, and that financial advisor would have to explain typically to a compliance person or something why they're doing that. Um, but we do see this happen by accident um, where people do buy municipal bonds inside an IRA. Usually it doesn't make sense unless you're trying to trade a bond, unless you expect a bond to go up in value quickly and you can make a quick buck on the trade. But you know, why put tax-free bonds where you're going to get tax-free interest in an account where you're not paying the taxes uh, on the interest earnings inside the account anyway? Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people don't really understand how that works. They hear tax-free bonds. Ooh, that sounds appealing. Well, yeah, you're not going to get that benefit if it's Within an IRA. All right. Another thing that doesn't make sense, at least to me, I mean, I guess this is a personal choice, but living in a house that's worth $200,000 while paying $50,000 for a car, that to me does not make sense. That's an odd ratio. Yeah, that is a little out of proportion, especially since the house will last, assuming it's built decently and it's in a somewhat decent location, the value of that house will last forever and the car will be pretty much depreciated by, what is it, 60% over three, three and a half years. Four years at the most, it's going to go down by 60%. Almost doesn't matter what type of car it is. That uh, that definitely does not make sense to spend 25% of the value of the house you're living in on a car. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're talking about things that don't make sense, financially speaking, uh, and also non-financially speaking. A uh, thing that doesn't make sense, Joel, the fact that the word monosyllabic has five syllables Seems like they could have come up with a one-syllable word. To that that does that. seem so. And again, John, you have you have much too much time on your hands here coming up with this uh, this content. Hey. Maybe, maybe we should move on and, and talk <laughs> about something that our listeners want to want to hear that's that's impactful on their finances. Okay, fine. Uh, how about this? Having the money to pay off your house and wanting to pay it off. But not doing it because you say, "Well, mortgage interest is the only tax deduction I have." That doesn't yes. Make sense. Yeah. Not only that, John, but many times when you get near the end of a mortgage, you've paid. You know that interest is front loaded in the mortgage. So, let's say your mortgage payments are a thousand dollars a month. You get the last few years of that mortgage. There might only be thirty dollars of interest in those payments. So that definitely doesn't make sense to take a tax deduction when you know, your interest is such a small amount of the mortgage payment. The other thing is, nowadays, you have to actually itemize a tax return to get the tax deduction for mortgage interest. And for a lot of folks under the new tax code, because the standard deductions are so high, many, many people that used to itemize aren't even itemizing anymore. So 
watch out and trying to do things just to, you know, we call it letting the tail wag the dog in the financial services business and in the estate planning and tax business because you're driven so much to save money in taxes, you're doing things that sometimes don't make any sense whatsoever. Do you see that a lot where people are so driven by how can I save money in taxes that they actually, for lack of a better phrase, cut off their nose to spite their face on the investment front? Yeah, no question about it. We see um, everybody. It, I was talking to Heath Grossman in our office about this the other day. Everybody thinks they're paying too much in taxes. Even people that are not paying any money in taxes, you know, are 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 think they're they're paying too much in taxes. We've had couples come in where we've been able to structure their income so that they might have five thousand dollars a month come into the house that they can spend, but they're not paying any any income tax. And yet, if you ask them, they'll say we're being overtaxed. And so it, it's there's definitely this concept that everybody is paying a lot in taxes when that is not the case at all. The other misunderstanding we see, and I will not mention the family members, uh, they're, they're not, let's put it this way, they're not Wendy or the boys, okay, but I will not mention the family members that think that just because they have to pay in when they do their taxes, that they paid more in taxes than the year before when they didn't have to pay in. That has to do with the withholding that's going on, not the total amount that you paid in taxes. So just, for instance, if I overwithhold out of my paycheck and I get a refund next year, that doesn't mean my taxes went down. It just means I withheld too much. So there's a lot of misunderstanding around taxes. Yeah, just because you got a tax refund does not mean the government sent you money. That just means you loaned them money (laughs) interest-free for several months. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's always mind-boggling how many people uh, don't quite grasp that concept. All right, last one for you, Joel. Something that doesn't make sense. Keeping $300,000 in the bank just because you like the security of it. It feels good to have that much money in the bank. Absolutely doesn't make any sense. You are either in a CD or a savings account. You're earning hardly any interest. And if you are earning interest right now, your interest rate is probably below the inflation rate. So we call them certificates of depreciation. You're going backwards, especially since you have to pay taxes on the meager amount of interest you're earning. So you really should only have about six months of a reserve in the bank. Banks are great places to park money. They're great places to process your checking account where you're paying your bills and so on, not a great place to have safe money. You can still have money safe, but earn a reasonable rate of return on it. I think this is a misconception that a lot of people have that, well, if I'm going to have my money uh, safe, then, well, I just have to give up the opportunity for growth altogether, which that's just that's just not the case. That's looking at things really simplistically and with good advice and good counseling, there are better ways to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's all kinds of different products out there. Um, some of them where you have to make maybe a two-year commitment or a three-year commitment, but you can get almost 3% interest now with a three-year commitment. And, um, you know, if an emergency really strikes and you need to break that account, then you pay back the interest that you earn. No different than a CD. Um, but to have money sitting there, you know, $300,000 sitting there earning nothing is just crazy. How often do you see that where people come in and they just have money parked in the bank, not necessarily because of what we're saying here. They like the security of it, but it just it just sort of happened. Like maybe their income, what they bring home every month is $5,000 a month more than they actually spend. And it just kind of piles up in the bank. And then one day they wake up and there's several hundred thousand dollars in the bank account. How did we get here? Well, I see that happen with my parents. You know, my dad has a certain amount coming out of his Fidelity account every month we've set up to go into his 
you know, checking account, and then he's got the Social Security checks that get deposited, and then he gets his required minimum distribution checks that get deposited. And I don't see the checking accounts. I see all the other investment accounts and so on, but I don't see the checking accounts. I'll call him up. I'll say, Dad, how much is in that checking account? Oh, I don't know. You know, it's, it's you know, not that much. Six months later, Dad, how much is in that checking account? Oh, not that much. And I go out and visit him. This literally happened just a couple weeks ago. I go out and visit him, and he's got two checking accounts, one with $100,000, one with $104,000. So this is very, very common. Even when I'm watching all his investment accounts, I'm calling him and asking, I guess I need to be able to go online and see his checking accounts. And so if it's happening to my father, when I'm watching his finances pretty darn closely, I guarantee it's happening to a lot of folks. Um, we just, you know, people start living their lives and the older they get, the more they're enjoying life and they realize they're financially secure. So they're not focused on money. But then what they end up having is a lot of lazy money that's not earning anything. So there are better ways to do it. You can find out what some of those better ways are and see if they make sense for you by coming in for your Money Map Retirement Review. That's just one of the many things that you'll find out when you go through that process. Joel, how does that whole situation work? Well, first of all, we've had a real rush for appointments lately, so appointments are somewhat limited. Um, you need to call us in the next 15 minutes, but what we will do is we'll set up a time for you to come in. There's no charge for this, but we'll design for you an easy-to-understand financial review. We call it our money map, and this financial review will indicate if you're in need of a full-blown financial plan. So come in and you visit with us. We'll do a quick review, have a cup of coffee, and it'll show us. And you'll agree whether you need a full financial plan or not. If we can help you right then and there, great, we will. Sometimes people want a full financial analysis. Sometimes people want a second opinion from a different person that's giving them that first opinion. So if you've got at least $250,000 saved for retirement, if you just meet that simple qualification, give us a call. We'll run a free stress test on your portfolio. We also want to untangle what it's costing you to work with your current advisor, or some of you aren't working with an advisor at all. You think you're not paying any fees, and you are many times because there are hidden fees in these accounts. And then what about taxes? We'll do a tax analysis for you during the Money Map Retirement Review, and we will put all that together on one page so that you see your entire financial life on one page. So we're going to take the guesswork out of your financial planning, Give us a call in the next 15 minutes, 1-800-705-1232. You'll get that stress test of your portfolio. You'll get a fee analysis. You'll get a social security analysis. And we'll put it all on one page so it's nice and simple and visual. And then you can make decisions that work for you based on your goals. Give us a buzz, one 800 705-1232. That number, 800-705-1232. You can call or text, whichever is easiest. If you're texting, just include your first and last name. We'll contact you back that way. If you're calling, leave a message. Let us know you like the Money Map Retirement Review. We'll connect back with you later and find a time to get you on the schedule. Do go ahead and call now. As Joel said, those slots will fill up quickly. But you leave your message, you'll be in the queue, and you'll get first dibs on those time slots. 800-705-1232. That's 800-705-1232. 
Joel, let's open up the mailbag and see how you might be able to help some folks in there this week. Uh, Koki says, I'm unable to get money out of my PayPal account. Oh, no, sorry. That was you. No, Koki <laughs> says, I've been a homeowner for 40 years. And quite frankly, I'm a little tired of all the headaches that come along with owning a home. I'm retiring next year and I'm thinking about selling the house and just becoming a renter for the rest of my life. I know I won't be building equity in anything, but if I have the money to pay the rent, should I just do that and let somebody else worry about all the headaches? A lot of people are doing this. And, you know, 20, 25 years ago when I was advising people, if I would have told them, hey, you'd be better off renting than owning, I would have gotten thrown out of the house at the time I was visiting folks in their houses. Now people are realizing, hey, especially in the Northeast here, right, between property taxes, home maintenance, if something breaks, the money that's tied up in the equity in my home, a lot of people are realizing, hey, I'm just better off renting. Yes, I don't own something, but I'm going to actually get to keep more money in my pocket or invest more of my equity that's right now locked up in my home. And if I want to go to Florida, I lock the door and I don't have to worry about anything. If I want to take a trip, if I want to visit the grandkids, if I want to extend a trip, I do not have to worry about snow plowing and lawn mowing, somebody taking care of the garbage, taking the garbage out. If you're not living there, maybe there's no garbage, but just all the things that go on with ownership of a house. So it really depends on each person's individual situation. Um, a lot of it does depend on kind of the way you were brought up, if you can even see yourself renting, because you were told, well, don't ever rent, always own. But it, when you put pen to paper and you start doing the math for many, many retirees from a convenience standpoint and a pure cost standpoint, a lot of folks come to the conclusion that they're better off renting versus owning. So I guess the question I would have on this is, would you look at this as it might actually be the best financial choice to rent instead of own? Or would you say, well, even if the technically the better financial choice is to own instead of rent, if you want to make the lifestyle decision to rent and you can afford it, just go ahead. Is that how we're looking at it? Absolutely. I think it's always it's always a lifestyle equation. I mean, some people just do not want to be inconvenienced, and they're willing to pay for that. It's a little bit like the person that flies private versus commercial or first class versus economy. They're paying a little bit more for comfort and convenience. So for some people, you know, obviously you're paying more, but what are you paying more for? If you're renting, even if you have to pay a little bit more in rent, is your peace of mind worth it? Now, for some people, they're listening to this and they're saying, absolutely not, Joel. I just want to I want to own something. And I'm not going to pay a little bit extra to rent. I want to own something. I want my equity to build as you know property values go up and so on. And that's fine. But what I'm saying is don't be closed-minded to the possibility that it might make more sense, maybe financially, but maybe just from a lifestyle decision, maybe buying convenience and peace of mind and getting some friction out of your life might make sense to rent. Good question, Koki. Thanks for that. How about Chris, who says, my deceased wife was a veteran, so I still have access to excellent health insurance. The woman I've been dating for the last two years is in a similar situation. She's the widow of a veteran, and she has the same really good health insurance. I guess we're talking about TRICARE here. Uh, we've been talking about getting married, but if we do that, we'll both lose access to the health insurance. So should we just forget the idea of getting married? 
Well, I can't really tell you what to do here, um, but I think sometimes things are more important than if it's costing you, you know, extra money. So you have to decide that, obviously, from a personal level. You know, would you not get married because it's going to cost you extra money to maybe go out and get health insurance? And, of course, if you're over 65, you're eligible for um, Medicare and Medicare supplement and so on also. So it's a personal decision. I can't tell you what to do, but what I can do, you know, we get back to that tax conversation I talked about earlier, let, letting the tail wag the dog. Um, I think you both have to decide what the priority is and, and go in that direction, whatever that might be for you. I have to say I got tickled at the concept of somebody thinking about getting married and worrying about this one particular expense. It might cost me more to get health insurance if I get married. Uh, breaking news for you, Chris. Uh, getting married? Forget the health insurance piece. Getting married is going to cost you extra money. Here, here. It's just how it works. No question. <laughs> so you might, one more thing to the ledger might not be a big deal. Uh, last question in the mailbag today is from Martin, who says, Investing for retirement seems simple to me. Why not just invest in dividend-paying stocks, live off the dividends, and never dip into your principal? I guess if, if Martin is ever substitute hosting the show for you, Joel, it would be about a 90-second show. Pretty simple in his mind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, that is, if you have enough money to buy great quality stocks and that dividend is high enough for you to live off of, that is a good plan. Now, the question becomes, can you hang in there emotionally when the value of those stocks goes down 40%? Because sometime, maybe tomorrow, maybe next year, maybe three years from now, the value of that portfolio will drop by 40%, unless somehow history will not repeat itself. And when that value, when that portfolio, let's say it's a million dollars and it's spinning off, you know, thirty thousand dollars a year of income, when that portfolio drops by forty percent or more, are you going to be able to hang in there? Most people can't. In fact, the smarter people are, the more they underestimate their emotional tug when something like that happens. So that's the real question. But there's nothing wrong with living off of dividends um, if you can hang in there when the going gets tough. And I guess the other question is how many people are actually in that position? Like Martin, maybe that's the case. I mean, maybe he has a big enough portfolio and his income needs are low enough that he can make that work. But how many people do you actually see, Joel, who have enough money relative to the income that they need? that they can never touch principal. I don't know what percentage it is, but it's not a real high percentage. Most people have done a good job savings. They've got they've they've got what they've saved to support their income, get a reasonable rate of return, not necessarily shrink their principal, but very few people can just live off the dividends. Very few people that that come in and visit with us. Bottom line is you need to get that money map retirement review so that you know exactly where you stand and what's realistic for you. Maybe it is as simple as what Martin has laid out here. Maybe there needs to be a little more complexity to it. Most of the time that's going to be the case. Joel, one more time before we depart today, give us that quick summary of the money map retirement review. Well, it's real simple and there's three main parts. And the first thing before I even tell you the main parts is that you need to know is that you will leave our office feeling better and feeling more confident about your future. That doesn't mean we do business. We just give clarity that most financial advisors do not give, especially with that one-page plan. So the money map is three parts. It's an analysis on your future income based on how much you want to spend, based on current rates of return that are going on out there in the marketplace. Will your money last as long as you do? Incredibly important question. Will your money last as long as you do? And what rate of return do you need to get on your investments to do that? Secondly, it's a stress test on your portfolio. Many times people have a good financial plan, but 
their portfolio, their investments are not arranged in such a way that they match that plan, and they might be taking more risk than they think they are. In fact, most people right now are taking more risk than they think they are. So that's component number two. And then, of course, we put that on one page. You see visually in colors and graphs and so on on one page, real simple to understand exactly where you're at and where you will go as far as the income that you want. So we call it the money map. Give us a call. Again, the next 15 minutes, 1-800-705-1232. That's 1-800-705-1232. Set up a time to come in and get your financial plan, but it's custom. It's unique. It's called the money map. Again, 800-705-1232. That number is set up for you to call or text, whichever is easiest for you. You say, well, I should get in touch with those folks later. That makes a lot of sense. Well, here's the thing. You're not going to remember it later. So just go ahead and call now and say, hey, I'd like to get that Money Map Retirement Review. We'll connect with you later to work out the details. 800-705-1232. 800-705-1232. When you come in for your visit, you'll get a copy of one of Joel's books. You could take the Money Map. You could take Forced to Retire. You could take the People's Retirement Handbook whichever one you feel fits you the best. Again, 800-705-1232. Thanks so much for tuning in to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. Thanks, Joel, for your money wisdom. And we'll talk with you next week, same time, same place. Money Wisdom is sponsored by Johnson Brunetti. Investment advisory services offered through JB Capital LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance products offered through JN Financial LLC. Johnson Brunetti is a paid sponsor of the Yukon Huskies athletic program. Better Money is sponsored by Johnson Brunetti.